Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, Paul, what's going on, man? How you doing? It's, uh, it's a crappy day where I am. It was raining and cold. You know, Virgi- Virginia just kind of kind of stinks in the winter most of the time. It's just kind of gloomy and when it's sunny, it's super cold, right? So yeah, you're talking to a guy who lives in Minnesota, so you don't need to tell me that. I know, but yeah. you ex- you know you expect that. To me, this True. is the South. Like I'm like, it should be warm. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's but not. You're right. The only time it's sunny is when a high pressure system moves in. And That's right. It makes it really cold, and then the sun's out. So it's kind of a. I mean, I need that sun because man, there's that that whole seasonal depression thing is real. Like if you don't see the sun for a few days in a row. It can uh, it can really affect you mentally. Yeah, I mean, we got John up there in Alaska. It's dark right now. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. It's dark all year round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, no, things are. Yeah, I haven't seen the sun in a couple of days, but hopefully it's uh it's coming out here. But yeah, getting through this winter, man. When it's February, well, it's January. It's only January. Um, at the time of this recording and then February is a long month because March is right around the corner and then you get to spring break in March and things start looking up. So looking forward to that. The days are already getting longer. You can see that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's noticeable. And we're just about a month out from hanging out a little bit more. Yeah. We got the think tank coming up. We down in Birmingham last week. I got my tickets as well. I'll get there a little bit before you, I think. Okay. So I'll just hang out in the airport where we can Uber through the, uh, wonderful area there. And yeah. Nice. Yeah, that'll be good. So we'll get to see a lot of old friends there. That'll be nice. We'll have yeah, and some new ones, I bet, too. I got a, um, yeah. I got a buddy of mine coming down for it, too, as a, as a guest. So a client and friend. Okay. And so it'll be cool. Yeah, we've got a listener who reached out and uh, is going to show up as a guest as well. So if anybody wants to, is interested in, in looking at the IBC Think Tank and uh, thinking about potentially becoming a part of that, uh, you can attend as a guest one time. Yeah. So I guess you would go to infinitebanking.org. Is that where? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think you would have to reach out to, to David Stearns and, and uh, yeah. I don't know exactly what the process is, but you know, we are able to always bring a guest, yeah. which is, which is nice. It's not free. It'll cost you, but it'll be worth it. Right. So. Oh yeah. He has his own money. I'll probably buy him dinner or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we got that coming up, which is great, man. We're thinking of making uh, a few additions to what we're already doing with the podcast. So you and I had talked a couple of weeks ago about, hey, we've got, we've been doing this for almost a year and um, I'd really, I wrote a few things down on my board. I'd like to start doing possibly a, a monthly webinar for our listeners. So yeah. I don't know what day of the week is best, what time is best. We'll probably just have to just, you know, we'll, we'll change it up as we go, but maybe like a Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central or something like that comes to mind. It's pretty, um, you know, right in the middle for most people. Um, where we can jump on a Zoom link for about an hour and and Paul and I can just answer questions. We could make it just a Q&A session uh, for listeners. So um, stay tuned for that. I think we'll uh, we'll get that going here before too long. And, you know, probably a newsletter, a monthly newsletter to kind of, you know, keep things in front of you. And, you know, any new things that we're discovering along the way, we like to share it with everybody. So 
Uh, we're certainly doing that with, with one strategy we have going on, uh, being able to utilize our death benefit and putting that to work for us today, creating an income stream. So that's pretty cool. But being able to share this stuff with everybody. So if anybody else has any ideas or anything they'd like to hear from us or special events they'd like us to put on, just reach out. You got our email in the show notes. Yep. No, I love it. It's going to be, it's going to be good. And we, we did a few webinars back in the day, back in 2020 and they were, they were good and they were fun too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it educated some people, got some clients on board and then it just kind of spread from there. And 2020 was the year to do that because couldn't meet anybody in person anyway. Yeah. Um, very weird. Yeah. Really weird. But I got away from that and I feel like I should have been doing that over the last year anyway. Um, so I think we'll throw that back in the mix and, and get those fired up. Let's just say February, we'll do our first webinar. You want to commit to that? I'll commit to that. Okay. So we'll pick a date in February. Maybe on the next episode, we'll have that date picked out and, uh, maybe we'll do it on like February 14th, give everybody an excuse not to, not to have to take their significant other out for an expensive dinner. <laughs> uh, that's just me speaking. That's the cheap side of me speaking. Yeah. Uh, just frugal. He's just frugal. Everybody You're just financially responsible is what I say. Right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Women have a different term for it. They just call it cheap. That's right. Yeah. But no, we'll pick a date. Yeah. So hold us to that. We'll pick a date in February and we'll, we'll start putting that out there and, and letting you guys sign up for that. We'll put the, the zoom link in the show notes uh, on the next episode. So be looking for that. Cool. All right, man. Well, what do you want to talk about? I know you had something come in today, uh, a policy illustration that somebody just sent you and uh pretty, pretty typical that we get just policy illustrations. Like, Hey, somebody created this for me over at this other company. What do you think of this? Um, yep. So yeah. What would you think of that one that came in? Yeah. So I, you know, we get emails from time to time and we also get, uh, notifications that come in through the Nelson Nash Institute. So I reached out to the guy via text message and said, Hey, how, you know, how can I help you? Anyway, we get on the phone and, uh, we're talking and he mentions a specific, uh, company, not a specific person or agent, but I'm familiar with the company. I'm familiar with uh, how they design policies. And immediately I know, okay, you know, he's read Nelson's book, but he's, he's probably watching and listening to the wrong things on YouTube, which is very easy to do. And you guys have heard us talk about that before. It's very easy to get caught up right clicking on what pops up when you're watching an, a video about infinite banking. Cause it's like, it's all over the place now. And there's some good content out there, but you don't know what good content is until someone shows you what good content is. And then you don't know what the bad stuff is until we point it out to you. All right, Paul, why is this bad? The reason that this is bad is one, you know, these people, we, we lead with an illustration, right? Oh, how much premium you want to pay? And then the illustration shows up in your uh, inbox. Although I think this one took about two weeks for him to get. Yeah. And it's, it is a whole life policy. It does have a paid up additions rider, but it is riddled with riders that are not guaranteed. Riders that have to be paid exactly on the date that the base premium has to be paid. There's annually renewing term. And I think, Dave, we have a few episodes where we've talked about universal life, which is an annually renewing term product. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, even though it's billed as permanent insurance. So same thing with this policy. There's annually renewing term on on here. And it's not guaranteed. The premium level of that annually renewing term isn't guaranteed. So I'm talking about this with him and he doesn't understand why that is. So I explain, well, what happens every year you get older? Do you think the price of insurance goes down or do you think it goes up? And of course, he's not hes not stupid. He said, well, it goes up. I was like, oh well, yeah, that's what that language in there, when they say the premium for this rider is not guaranteed, 
for the cost of this term insurance, it's not. It means it's going to go up. The cost of that insurance is going to go up in the future as you get older. And it's one of these 1090 policies, Dave, right? It's 10% to the base. It's 90% to the PUA. Again, we can have a whole discussion, folks, on a one-on-one on why that is not good. Yeah. And the whole thing about that term insurance, like that, you need that term writer on there in order to fund that full premium that you intend to fund. So let's say you intend to fund a $50,000 premium. Well, after say 10 years, you decide, ah, oh, that term insurance is too expensive. I want to get rid of that. And you, you let it drop off. Well, guess what? You're probably limited, severely limited now to how much premium you can pay because your death benefit just went down. And unless you want to create a modified endowment contract by paying too much premium, you're not you're not going to be able to fund what you originally thought you'd be able to fund. And therefore, the rest of the illustration looks completely different than what it did at the outset. Yeah. So, yeah. The, you know, the numbers on the page, right? The illustration that that is, you know, these these numbers are likely fantasy. Something on that term, Dave, too, is it's annually renewing term. It needs to be there so the policy doesn't mac because we're paying so much premium. You know, mm-hmm. we're paying, you know, 10000 to the base, let's say, and 50000 to a, or 40000 to a PUA. Well, that's pretty aggressive. Or whether it's 10000 and 90000 to a PUA, whatever it is, right? It uh, If that term is not there, the policy may mac. Yeah. So if the cost of insurance all of a sudden jumps up in a given year because you're now 60 instead of, you know, 59 or 49 instead of, you know, whatever. Uh-oh. And once that policy mechs, folks, it's always going to be a mech. So anyway, you, you got to know what you're looking at. So I appreciate his sending this to me just so I could look at it because I've, I've heard of other agents receiving these from people like, hey, can you take a look at this? Does this look good for IBC? And we end up wasting an entire, you know, we'll, t- we'll spend an entire session and I'll just be talking about what is wrong with this and why it's risky for the client to get involved with an agent who would sell something like this. Right. There's, there's a lot of fine print involved there. And a lot of times that fine print says something along the lines of, in order to continue paying said premium or said paid up additions, the insurance company may require you to prove your insurability, which right. means- It's not guaranteed. It's right. not guaranteed. It's not. It's annually renewing. It's right. You yeah. have to qualify so for it every year. You lose your insurability, you can't pay the premium. So, and then, you know, your whole plan of now, okay, big deal. I don't have to pay the full premium. That sounds like a good thing. Not when you understand infinite banking, right? Because you're still going to have that same income coming in. Now you need to find somewhere else to put it. Well, if you've maxed out your premium, you've maxed out your policy, you have nowhere else to put it other than somebody else's bank. And giving that control and ownership, you're actually giving ownership of that money away to somebody else when you put it in a bank. You're nothing more than an unsecured creditor. The bank owns yep. your money. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Yeah, so the other, the other thing I don't like about these, Dave, is you know the idea that we're always teaching our clients is I want to I want the contractual ability to pay high premium for as long as possible. Right. Be it 30, 40, 50 years to the day I die, let's say. These policies don't af- don't afford that guarantee, do they? No, no, they don't. And, and especially if you're along the mindset that every year I'm alive, I'm going to make more money. You know, I'm going to grow my income every year. Like that's if that's not your goal, then you probably need to reevaluate what your financial goal is. If your financial goal is not to earn more next year than I or, or earn more this year than I did last year, then there's probably some tweaks you can make to to make that your goal, to make that. It's not, I want to save or accumulate this much. It's really all about income. How much do you want to earn? If you earn 5,000 a month and your expenses are 3,000 a month, I'd say you're doing pretty good. Like you're, you're financially free. Yeah. Right. Doing very well. And that's only making 60 grand a year. Yeah. But if you're making 50 grand a month, but your expenses are 55 grand a month, you're not financially free. You're a debtor. 
Yeah. So, time to cancel that country club membership there. Time to cancel a lot, a lot of things that you probably Netflix don't need. Netflix too. Oh gosh. Yeah. But anyway, the, I guess my whole point to bringing this, this conversation up folks is just, you need to know what you're looking at. So again, if you're not working with us, go to infinitebanking.org to the Nelson Nash Institute and find yourself a practitioner from that institution. There's like 300 and change of us in America, I think. And there's some Canadians as well. Find a person from there and work with them. I'd be willing to bet they would not design a policy that looks like this. Correct. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and it's kind of frustrating that somebody might use the uh, the IBC terminology oh, you know, God. In, in their own practice and they're not even IBC practitioners. Like, you know, I, if you're going to use that annoys banking me. concept, yeah. It, it annoys me to no end. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm going to take credit and, and act like I'm actually doing IBC when I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I'm fairly certain uh, that Nelson Nash wouldn't have designed a policy that looks like this. Right. Because the Fairly client. He didn't own any like that. No. The client is assuming a lot of the risk where he should be transferring the risk to the insurance company. In this case, he's retaining a lot of the risk. And that just defeats the whole purpose of what we're trying to do here. Right. Right. It's all about risk offset. Right. So, cool. Well, I mean, we, we kind of mentioned ownership and control in there. So. I mean, we had some thoughts earlier on you know, a lot of a lot of products in people's financial plan, their financial strategy, I guess, make them feel like they have ownership over something and control. But in reality, your, your ownership and control is very, very slim in most things outside of whole life insurance. Yes. Yeah. It's so. the illusion. It's an illusion of ownership and control. Oh, look, in my in my qualified plan, I can pick what fund. I give up control over every month and, you know, I put this I dollar cost average into my 401k and I get to pick this fund or that fund. I think, uh, I think it was Trent that taught us a few years ago, you know, what is the value of a dollar that you can't spend? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. It's the same as not having a, a dollar. That's Maybe. right. For those of you yeah. catching up, it's zero. It's zero. <laughs> yeah. Put a plane. Right. That's good, man. And there's so many different products like, uh, you know, take 529. Yeah. College savings plan. They like to term it. It's not a savings plan. You're investing and you're investing in a very limited number of options and you can only use that money for a very limited number of, of opportunities. Yeah. Save, mainly one, one thing. Education. Terrible. Right. I get, you know, I get asked about those all the time from people. In fact, it, whenever they're, whenever I'm talking about IBC or whole life insurance with somebody new, hey, what do you think about this? And then I say, well, I don't like those. Here's why. They're like, okay, great. I didn't have a warm and fuzzy when I first heard about them and I read about them. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I want to put all this money? But someone like me, folks, I was totally tricked into buying that stuff. I mean, quite honestly, I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, man, I was late, intellectually lazy back then. I had to have been. Well, yeah, if you're not planning for your child's college fund, then you're- I was you're a bad father. Negligent. Right. You're a bad yeah. dad. You don't care about your kids. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but some people might create a policy specifically for something like college sure. education. Right. Yeah. And we were talking about that earlier before the call is, you know, some people, I mean, this whole thing is a system of policies, right? Like you have multiple policies. I have multiple policies. Does every policy have its own like segmented purpose. Um, I have one that does that. I created one for the, you know, the tithing giving I do. Mm -hmm. um, 
I figured I'll just capture that in a policies premium first and then use the cash value loans to go do my tithing and giving on a, I could do it monthly, quarterly, or annually. Uh, however, I choose to do that so long as it gets done. But in general, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page as far as our system. It's multiple policies, all part of the same system. Yeah. Yeah. So this came up, Dave, with a very recent, very, very intelligent, very good client of mine. All, all my clients are good, but um, this one's particularly recent. And we were just chit-chatting on text message the other day. And and I think some people get, because they're programmed to think, this is Lucy's 529. This is Peter's 529 or, or whoever, or this is Betsy's IRA or whatever. It doesn't matter if you have one policy, five policies, or 40 policies. The cash value that you have access, contractual access to is the cash value. If you need to compartmentalize this premium is is for this purpose, that's okay. Just like just like Dave just said. I don't think of it like that necessarily. I think of all seven of my policies are just one big banking system and they're just different branches. The branches can all contribute to the same opportunity though. Like I might take a little bit out of Carmela's if I have if I have to, a little bit out of Anthony's if I have to, cash value some out of Tammy, some out of my, whatever. Whatever it takes for me to get to the dollar amount that I need to do the transaction, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so don't think, folks, that you need to necessarily think, all right, this is Lucy's college dividend-paying whole life insurance policy that we're going to, you can do that. If Lucy's the only kid you have, sure, that makes perfect sense. But you can use your premium dollars that create cash value in your own policy to pay for Lucy's tuition. You could use your wife's or your husband's or whoever, right? So don't think that you're kind of shoehorned into like one thing, unless right. that's just how your brain works. And some people are, are like that. So one system, yeah. it's one system. Right, and some people might like that. I was talking to a, a guy today who has had a policy for a certain number of years, and he doesn't even know if there's cash value in it, but the way it was sold to him and the way he decided to get that was it's just a vanilla whole life policy. I think no PUA, so all right. base. And he's just planning that as a retirement policy. So by the time he hits, I think, you know, he said like age 55, he can start taking $3,000 a year tax-free from that for the rest of his life and never run out of money, right? And I said, great. Now, how about a policy to fund the, the, uh, the expenses needs. of life? Yeah, yeah, finance the things of life, right? Because- you know, what's more important, saving for retirement or financing the things of life today? Well, you got to finance the things of life today. You just have to, or else you, you go into debt or you go without. So there's that. So in his mind, he's thinking, oh, I got this one dedicated for just retirement. So that's my retirement plan, part of it. And this other one will just be to grow my capital and, and use it for opportunities. So that's a good mindset too. You know, however, however this works in your mind, because we're certainly not all the same. Like I'm not an engineer. When I talk to nope. engineers, sometimes we speak different languages. Yep, and all the time. Overcomplicate and overthink everything <laughs> uh, in general. And and I'm like, if that's your thing, dude, do a spreadsheet, create a spreadsheet, track wherever you know every dollar that's reserved for a different item, categorized item on your on your uh, savings list or whatever it is. Um, do that if that makes you feel better. But it's all part of the same system. Yeah, I love the spreadsheet people. You know, it's usually those engineer types, you know, they, they have all these linked tabs that, you know, they have their entire next 40 years. It's pretty neat to, to watch them build these things. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, I, I just don't have the, it's just, it's just not who I am. I do have a spreadsheet, but it's not nearly as intricate as some of these, some of these things are crazy. And the formulas that they put in there out of memory are, <laughs> are, are crazy. It just, yeah, these how do you know how to do that? 
Yeah. Oh my goodness, they are. They all seem to be academy guys too. When I meet them, they're all like West Pointers or something. That's like West Point. Yeah, I mean, they are the cream of the crop. Just saying, but uh, yeah, know. that's whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the other thing you said something earlier about you know, about income and financing the needs of life, and I, it makes me think of you know going back to Nelson's book quite honestly, is, you know, he's showing you how you can finance different things. And then he shows you in some of those examples, how later in life, this person is taking passive income off the policy. And of course, he's illustrating that they're doing dividends or partial surrenders and stuff, which he later says, I would not do that, right? I would just use loans. But anyway, if you solve your need for finance using this product, you will end up with more life insurance, death benefit than you ever could have dreamed of having getting past the underwriters, but also you will have a ton of cash value, right? Because cash value and death benefit are a function of each other, right? The cash value is the present value of the death benefit. So if you have a large death benefit, guess what? You will, you'll have a large cash value as well that you exactly. can take tax-free income off of. Yep. So like I say, you know, if, if you could start a business today and it was guaranteed to be successful, would you start a small business or a large business? Big business. Big business. So that's why we advocate for people to to pay high premium for these. I mean, high premium is the answer to your problems. Premium is a solution because yeah. it creates a more a larger capital base from which you can fund opportunities, emergencies, big purchases, whatever you need. That's right. Yeah. And and it's big premium folks relative to your income, right? And we've probably you probably heard us say that before, but it's not like, you know, if you're making a million dollars a year and your premium is $5,000 a year, you're not paying nearly enough premium. Right. If you're making $25,000 a year and you're paying $5,000 a year of premium, you're paying big premium. I have a client actually from a, a few years ago who that's exactly her case. She was making 25,000, she's paying 5,000 a year in premium. Wow, what a great, right? I mean, that's, that's big premium. Relative to her income, that's very Absolutely. high. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, good, so it's all relative. You know, you said something, you mentioned dollar cost averaging. Now, oh, I love every, that. <laughs> everything we've learned about banking, especially over the last year, you know, with the, the private lending community we're involved in, here's why I've realized some things about the, the financial institution. And, you know, they operate, operate by a few rules. And that first rule is give us money consistently, right? Make it consistent. Because in the world of banking, these companies, when they receive money, if receiving $100 a month is more valuable to that company than receiving $1,200 every January. It's the same amount of money, right? But there's something in consistency that in the banking world, that consistency creates credit. So these companies convince us you need to pay us the same amount every single month and don't change it unless you want to increase it. Of course. Don't ever decrease it and don't ever stop making those payments you know, no matter what is going on in the stock market, keep making those payments, dollar cost average, right? That's a term that they just beat into your brain because for those companies that are receiving your funds every single month on a consistent, same day, same amount, every single month for years on end, that creates huge credit capabilities for that company to go make itself richer, right? You don't get, you don't get any rewards from what they do on the other side of the ledger, right? Yours is strictly, you know, what happens to that stock, what happens That's to right. that fund. Right. You know, but they're able to leverage your consistent deposit every month, just like the banks do, for lines of credit to go make themselves wealthier. Imagine so that. Just remember that. Nothing they tell you is is not good for them. Some of it may be good for you, but all of it is good for them. 
like their monthly checking account fees from some of these banks. <laughs> one of them, one of which just got in big trouble for that. <laughs> really? Yeah. One of the big, that. one of the big ones. They get yeah. in trouble like every, they're in the news all the time. Like every, every decade or even more often, like, you know, multi-billion dollar lawsuits. Oh, you know, and it doesn't even matter. They yeah. throw these numbers out to the public. Like, you know, Goldman Sachs paid $400 million in a fine and people are like, oh my that's God. big money. That's nothing. It's nothing. That's nothing for what they were able to earn while they were defrauding people. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no question. It's like, and now I've seen these ads for like, you know, open commercials. Like, this is a good thing. Like you get like Skynet or some robot managing your freaking portfolio or something. Oh, wow. You know, I forget what the heck the, what the, the algorithmic thing they called it. It had a, you know, a name and it's just like, you know, it's just one thing, one product and one gimmick after another. Let just to separate you from your money in the hopes that yes, you're going to, if you do this, you're going to earn 12%, just like this guy says on TV every year somehow, but yeah. none of it's true, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are realizing right that right now, which is why I feel like a lot of people have been turned on to infinite banking recently because they've, they're finally coming to grips with the reality of the market. You know, they've been told. <clears throat> I don't know how you feel about this, Dave, but you know, I've told people, sure, you have cash value. You should do stuff with it. Maybe you should find what you're going to do what you're going to do with it. Maybe you finance something, maybe you pay for a wedding, maybe you finance an opportunity, a business venture or an investment, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. But I tell you what, just paying adequate premium relative to your income over a lifetime and just letting that ride is actually pretty damn good over the long haul. Yeah especially when you consider how much you can take out of it later in life. Let's, you know, pick age 70 or age 75 or whatever, 65, when you want to start taking passive, quote, passive income off the policy. Right. So if you did nothing else, but just redirected money that you otherwise would have put in your 401k or your IRA or any of this other stuff, all these inventions of politicians in Wall Street, you would pretty, you would have a nice chunk of money someday that only you have access to that's private that's not taxed yep. and it'll never go down in value yeah so anyway um i'm not saying that's all you should do is pay high premium and and that's it for 50 years that's not what i'm saying but i tell you just doing that isn't isn't bad isn't the worst thing you can do no question right and it'll you know just doing that will probably inspire you to learn more about how to control your money and put that cash value to work somewhere else as well at the same time Right. So dollars were just two places at once. And just the money you wouldn't be taxed on because the money's all in there now. It's not properly used. It'll never be taxed ever again. Right. You know, that's that has tremendous unknown future value because unknown. Yeah. They're yeah, going to have to prop right. up Social Security somehow. Maybe they'll just print their way out of it. Well, that seems to be the way. That's the way. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, all right. Well, maybe we'll cover that in another episode. Anyway. Hey, we'll call that an episode and we'll plan to see you all next week with a new date for our first live webinar in February. All right. Control your capital or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at the and subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.